Welcome to another edition of Give and Ovation, the restaurant guest experience podcast where I talk to industry experts to get their strategies and tactics you can use to create a five-star guest experience. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, a two-question SMS-based real-time guest feedback platform that helps restaurants measure and improve their guest experience. Learn more at ovationup.com. And today, we've got a guy that I met on a food crawl. When was that, Gus? Uh, was it FS Tech uh, just, what, three or four weeks ago? That's right. F- FS Tech. We we do a food crawl as I do with my good friend Rev. Uh, we do that most um, most trade shows that we go to. And I met this guy named Gus Malaris. And uh, I was, we started chatting about guest experience. He's the president and founder of Detroit Wing Company. And I was so impressed and just, just so uh, clued into the fact that Gus gets guest experience. Like that should be a t-shirt. And, <laughs> and so I was like, man, and we had such a good conversation. And I was like, dude, we should have just hit record. And that right. could podcast. I know Gus was like, man, that was great. We should have just like, <laughs> that was it. It's because um, you said the magic words. Yeah, right. <laughs> so Gus, I'm so excited to have you on. Thanks for being on uh, Give an Ovation. And for those who aren't familiar with Detroit Wing Company, maybe you want to give a little uh, explanation about it? Yeah. So uh, we started in 2015, opened our first store. Uh, we are now up to 31 locations. Uh, just chicken wings is our, is our specialty. We make all of our sauces from scratch, all of our own recipes, uh, almost everything on the rest on the, everything on the menu is from scratch. Um, so really just Omaha, right? Say it again. You're based in Omaha, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, really just, we started with just that focus on doing one thing and, and trying to do it better than anyone else. Uh, my intentions at the beginning were not to have 31 units and counting. I just wanted that one location. That's all I wanted. Um, it wasn't till probably about 2017 when I even considered a second location. So uh, the intent at the beginning was pretty humble. I just wanted to make good food and, and take care of my customers. And it, it caught on and, and spread quick, pretty quickly. So. I always tell the, you know, I always have these these very similar conversations of like how did the how did the company start and, and that kind of stuff. And I always tell the story of the restaurant that I had previous to Detroit Wing Company. Um, you know, it was it was a full hundred and something item menu, very much like a diner. Everything was made from scratch. Too much for too little, right? And when I got engaged, I was like, man, like this is just I don't want to be that typical like restaurant owner that's never home and you know work in the line and so the the idea for Detroit Wing Company was just to do something simple and just do that one item but while I was there once I, I made this decision with probably about two years left on my lease um, and as soon as I made up my mind I mean I was a hundred percent Detroit Wing Company and I was just kind of going through the motions at that point but I was using that restaurant as like a test kitchen my regulars would come in and I'm back there making wings and and I'm giving wings away to, to get feedback and all that kind of stuff. Um, nobody in our corporate office ever came to that restaurant or really knows that story outside of me telling it. So I had a, an interview for a potential franchisee a few days ago. Um, and the guy's a, a Navy veteran, he moved down to Florida, but he's from Michigan. And him and his buddy, who's gonna be the operating partner, um, where we, you know, I sit down in the meeting and 
come to find out they were customers at my previous restaurant. And I mean, the meeting started off with him telling my story, basically. He's like, you know, I remember we'd come in. He's like, you would always stay at that front counter uh, and you, you would take such good care of us. And you were always giving away food. And um, it, it, I almost fell out of my chair. I was I turned to the rest of our corporate team and I was like, see, like, I'm not making this up. Like, five, this is someone literally telling you the story that I've been saying <laughs> for how long now? It was just it was really cool to see that come full circle. But um, it was all it was nice to see kind of that impression that that the hospitality made on them. And he just happened to live in the city where our first DWC opened. And after I closed my, my previous restaurant, he just wandered into DWC one day and he's like, shit. He's like, you're standing right at the front counter again. He's like, just doing what you do. Uh, and so for that reason, he fell in love with the brand and now wants to open his own. And for me, I mean, that that's the kind of stuff that, you know, to see it come full circle like that was, was a really cool feeling. From the way I started, how I got involved in the business, um, my my great grandfather actually opened a restaurant in Greektown, Detroit, in eighteen ninety eight. I want to say, and uh, my grandfather grew up working there, and he went off to to World War II when he was a teenager, and when he came back, the restaurant was kind of he was just he fell into it. He didn't choose it. That's just what he what he what he did when he got back, and so. Um, I spent a lot of time as a kid working there with him through my through my teenage years and into my twenties, um, and I fell in love with the restaurant business. I, I love to cook. Don't get me wrong; the food the food side of it is definitely a passion as well. But I fell in love with the hospitality side of the business. Um, being in a restaurant with such a long history, you know, I'd stand up at that front counter with him and, and talk to customers who you know, met there when they were in college or had their first date there and then got married there and then baptized their kids there and just these generations of stories. Uh, and I would just sit and watch him interact with these customers. And he, he had it down to a science. Like I say he didn't, he didn't choose the restaurant business. It's just what was there for him at the time, but he was definitely a people person. Uh, and just, just watching the way he made people feel, um, what for me was the biggest, kind of influence and in, in how I take care of my customers. Um, I, I mean, you know, at this point he was, he was in his probably late seventies and couldn't remember half the people he was talking to, but they had no idea. I mean, he had it down to a science and, and every single person would walk away from a conversation with him, just feeling like blown away that he remembered them. And it's just such a cool thing to watch and just see how, how happy that made people. Yeah, I remember we we were chatting about that, about how people want to feel heard. They want to feel seen. They want to feel like they belong. And the thing I say in all of my training sessions I do is people want to feel important. It's really what they want to feel. And And I'd even go a step further today, the way the way the industry is and just say they just even want to be acknowledged. Yeah, <laughs> the low yeah. bar is just. And 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 I get that, and you get that, and the people listening to this podcast get that. But Gus, how do you do that at thirty-one and counting locations? Like, how do you get your people to do that when it's not their name, it's not their brand, it's not their sweat and blood and tears? 
It's tough. Um, I I try to have as many one-on-one conversations as I, as I can with you know a lot of our staff. We across the stores, I and mean, we have probably close to three hundred store level employees. And with turnover the way it is, um, it, it's it's definitely a tough thing to do. But you you can see pretty quickly. At least when I walk into a restaurant, I can tell pretty quickly uh, people either care about it or they don't. And to some degree, not even, I don't want to say care about it, but just understand it, I guess. Uh, some people naturally just are more outgoing and, and they, they interact with guests naturally. They don't have to try. They just they, they just kind of know what to say and, and they can kind of read body language. Uh, for others, especially some of the younger staff, it's, it's a challenge. Um, the in-person conversations are more and more limited for a lot of them, you know, text messaging and video games, and they, they just didn't grow up with as much of those personal connections as, as a lot of us did. Um, so it's, it can be harder with, with some, um, but I think as long as that person cares and they have an interest in it, it's, you know, it's a genuine thing. It's, it's either, you can't really force it. They either want to or they don't. And I think when they have that interest in it, it's, it's pretty easy to kind of get them excited about it and show them just kind of the little things to look for. And, you know, once they start getting, getting some responses from customers, uh, it just kind of snowballs from there. So. And that is something Tim Ferriss talks about that a lot in his book. I remember, uh, well, in, in all of his books, but he talks about how, when you empower someone, your, your staff to make somebody else's day better, not only are they happier, but their guest is happier, yep. right? Absolutely. And, and so I think that that's a big key to it. But you and I were also, speaking of good books, we're talking about unreasonable hospitality. Yep. And this concept of making it cool to care, yep. right? What What are some things that that you're that you would recommend to restaurants to help their staff feel like it's cool to care? Uh, you got to lead by example first and foremost. Um, anytime I'm in a restaurant, I, I love just, I kind of gravitate to the cashier station. Um, and I'll, I'll always jump in on conversations and just kind of ask those follow-up questions and really kind of engage with the guest. Um, sometimes cashiers just kind of look at me like I'm crazy. Like, where did you <laughs> come from? Uh, but sometimes you see, they really kind of pick up on it and, you know, it's the guy you're in this business and you're seeing hundreds of people a day. Just take a few seconds to have that that connection with them, and you know, especially if they're repeat customers. And you know, it's for me at least, it's the best part of the business. So, how often are you in the stores? Not as much as I'd like to anymore. Um, at one point, I would try to visit every single store. Um, I try to at least hit one store a day. I'm in the office more these days, but whenever I have free time, I try to get to a restaurant. Wow. And, and is that something that you like prioritizing your schedule? Because with 31 locations, I mean, that's tough, man. It, it is. It's it's always a priority. Um, unfortunately, things in the office are a priority too. But, you know, again, <laughs> if if I have a, a day that's open, I'll, I'll try and actively block off days in my calendar just so I can be on the road. Uh, we, we opened a store in Tampa about a year ago and I'll just, I'll randomly hop on a flight and go down there. Even a day trip, I'll fly in in the morning, fly back at night. Um, that's that's my passion. I mean, I love being in in the stores and having that connection. Um, I, I can sit in my office and look at spreadsheets and reports all day, but it doesn't give me the same uh, kind of insight if I, unless I'm inside those four walls. 
Love that. So what do you think is one of the most important aspects of guest experience nowadays? Um, I just, just, you know, finding a way to make the guests feel special, you know, whatever. One of the things that we talked about at FS Tech uh, was the digital hospitality, right? Yeah, um, yeah. As, as that experience has changed so much and customers are more and more going to online ordering and app ordering, and they're, they're slowly taking, they're minimizing that interaction to, you know, it used to be they had to walk in or, or call and you'd have that conversation with them and then they'd pick up. And now sometimes you're lucky to get just a few seconds where you're handing them their order. Um, so trying to, trying to find ways to still give them that, that experience and to still feel like you know who they are um, in that, that limited interaction is, is for me probably one of the biggest things and one of my, um, you know, kind of one of the things that I'm trying to do as best as we can and, and find, find ways to do better. Because all of your stores right now are corporate, right? No, nope. Uh, we have a handful of corporate stores, uh, some that I own personally and the rest are franchised. Got it. So what, what's your mix of, of corporate and franchise? So the ones that I own personally are technically franchised. Um, oh, yeah. We have one formal corporate store that is full corporate. Um, then my stores and then 25 franchised. Got it. Cool. And are you, are you looking to grow that? Are you looking to add more franchisees? Yes. Yeah, we're, we're definitely, we, we grew a lot last year. Um, so we're, we're still kind of catching up with ourselves. I'm more of a slow and steady kind of guy. Um, and, and really for me, the biggest priority is finding operators that are like-minded that they value the hospitality side of it. Um, I've always, you know, people always ask me the question of like, how many stores do you want? And there's not really a number for me. It's more, what I know for sure is that I want to, I want to build an iconic brand, um, and to do that, you can have an iconic brand with one location. Um, you could have several hundred, but it, it depends on the operators and, and having that same culture and the same values. So, you know, if you gave me the choice of opening 500 stores over the next two years or 100, and with the difference being the 100 were passionate operators that, that saw hospitality the way I do, I'd go with the 100 all day. Amen. Yeah, love that. So, it's- so getting to the tactics of guest experience, I think this is going to be an interesting one, especially since you've got some you own, some corporate, some franchise. What are some tactics that you've used to improve the guest experience? Uh, trying to find ways to give the store operators those pieces of information that I would use if I was in a store to to recognize a customer, right? Like, you know, back when, when I only had the one store, I was able to, you know, I had time to go and look up their tickets and see what the order history was um, and acknowledge them or or I just knew them because I saw them. I, I recognized them and I knew who my regulars were and it was easy to have that connection. Um, we try to get our, our operators to, to look into those things as much as they can and just really know their customers and their data. Um, but we're, we're definitely looking for, for tools to help that. Um, I know I was looking at uh, Ovation site uh, just a couple of days ago, and there was something on there about a manager touch, and you know I have kind of all these things that that go out through my mind that I that I wish we could find a way to implement. But um, when I think of like manager touch, I think of obviously a manager going by a, a 
table where maybe it's a regular or for whatever reason that customer needs some acknowledgement. And, you know, if we had a way to get those types of notes on our KDS in the kitchen where, you know, we're expoing an order, the person bagging that order knows that, hey, this is a longtime customer or it's their birthday or it's their anniversary. All of those kind of mater D type details that, that the best restaurants know about their customers trying to find a way to put that on a screen in our stores so that it's it's right there in front of them and then we could just teach them how to use those tools but just just getting the information in front of them so they know who they're dealing with is is, is important especially with with multiple locations you know it could be their first time going to one specific location but then maybe they've been to the other ones and you know we don't want that customer being treated as if they're a first-time customer yeah. Not not that they would be treated badly, but you know what I'm saying? We want them to still feel as special as, you know, that loyal customer that they are and not revert to a first-time customer. Yeah, 100%, because that's all part of getting to know a guest, right? Getting to know someone. And we don't we don't have those fancy Rolo, you know, that Rolodex of cards <laughs> that Maitre D would, would keep. But the nice thing is, is that because so much is digitized, you could do that in the digital way and you could do that automatically. Right. Like yep. you may have never had a personal interaction with somebody who orders online with you, but yet, you know, technology can tell you this is a top 10% customer. They've spent a thousand dollars with you in the last three months. They yep. come in every four days. And like, that's, that's the beauty of giving context. Because yep. a lot of times, especially when it comes to feedback, there's, there's times that uh, other tools, they just, they give you an email address that you need to like respond to this guest who filled out this 50 question survey. But like, who is that guest? How right. often do they come in? Have they complained before? Have they left you reviews before? Have So all of these things go into understanding that guest and making sure that Gus feels special when he comes in or when he yep. has something to say about, you know, Zach Shack burgers, right? Yep, absolutely. Love that. So um, who's someone who deserves an ovation in the restaurant industry? Who's someone that we should be following? So I'm, I'm going to point to my business partner, my Joe from Beyond Juice. So you cool. met him briefly at FS Tech, but he's a guy that, you know, we've only been doing business together for a couple of years now, but um, it's, it's pretty rare to find someone that has that same kind of hospitality first view of the business. Um, his background, I mean, he, he spent some time as a bartender and, you know, he gets it. He had, he, he knows people in that same way. And, uh, people are our purpose is kind of his slogan that for beyond juice that, that they live by. And, um, it's, it's just nice to have somebody in the same office that, that has that same view and, you know, him and I, him and I have some of these conversations sometimes, and we've even said it should be a podcast, but. <laughs> I hey, I'd listen to that man. So I'd say do it. And Gus, where do we learn more about Detroit Wing Company? And are, is there any uh, social media that you use to post your musings? Yep, we're on uh, on Facebook, Detroit Winco, on Instagram at Detroit Winco, uh, TikTok. Although we don't, we haven't gotten too active on that yet. But all the normal social media platforms, and obviously DetroitWinco.com. Awesome. Well, Gus, for helping hospitality fly even higher with Detroit Wing Company, today's ovation goes to you. Thank you for joining us on Give an Ovation. Absolutely. Thank you, Zach. 
Thanks for joining us today. If you like this episode, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite place to listen. We're all about feedback here. Again, this episode was sponsored by Ovation, a two-question SMS-based actionable guest feedback platform built for multi-unit restaurants. If you'd like to learn how we can help you measure and create a better guest experience, visit us at ovationup.com.